NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra. All dirt, all rodeo, all year. NFR Extra, episode 83. Third time is a charm. Casey Field returns to NFR Extra to talk about his historic run at the NFR, capturing his fifth gold buckle, lifetime obligations to the U.S. military, and the electricity produced by the fans at the Thomas and Mac. You know, you, you watch when you're at the Thomas and Mac, you c- cannot escape, no matter if you're at the Horseshoe Lounge, the Cox Pavilion, the Cox Pavilion or Cow- Cowboy Crow, whatever you want to call it. That's probably your most likely place to go to to where it's not just crazy and now the viewing the it's been a couple years since i've even gone there to watch it the viewing party there at cox there's more people in there because they you know you can get drinks quicker the bathrooms are right there it's not yep. so crowded no matter where you go you cannot escape the energy and you can't hear the arena but then they have the you know they have that the viewing essentially the viewing in the cowboy corral and that just the whole entire thing is like dude you can't have a conversation i mean try to have a conversation in thomas and mac like you don't impossible yeah you even go to the top where they redid all of the um ada compliant areas and you go up there and you try to talk to anybody like what huh yeah let's just talk later yeah (laughs) text me yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh yeah you're right man i mean the energy's dead and and what a difference right like that's and the other thing too like uh, what what i love about las vegas is that it's like uh you know, I mean, they put so much pride in showmanship. Everything is like the show, the show, the glam, the glitz. I like to have the curtain. Like, that's the cool thing about Thomas and Mac where it's dark. And then all of a sudden, bam, everybody comes out. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, and it's like, where does every there's there's questions left to ask as far as what's going on back there? How do they do that? What's this? You know, like, what's the lead? What's the you just don't know. And that's the thing is I want to pay to be entertained, not to be like, oh, yeah, I figured this out. Well, and that, I think that separates the men from the boys the girls from the women to where how do you handle that man that that distraction part of how tight everything is and what you're doing even like back in the shoots man where everything is just mm. packed you know you got it like you you got to stay focused stay on the black. contestant side too i feel that prca doesn't have an opportunity to highlight contestants like the pbr does or like golf does to where it's a one event to where you can you know highlight these guys so i think that when you're in thomas and mac on that tight of an environment all of the focus is on that contestant yeah, yeah. i'd imagine Vegas with the Cowboy Channel. It's going to be, what'd you say was that? Tits on the glove or whatever it was? Uh, Whatever they Tits on the glove, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be tits on the glove, bud. Yeah. That's a good one. I might, we might have to, I might have to capitalize off that not on here all the time, but. (laughs) But I think that's, yeah, what the expectations are going to be high, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be met with Jeff Metters and the team, no doubt about it. Oh, that'd be awesome. Bryland just shaking her head. Talk about tits on the glove. I'm like, oh, he oh, said the same thing. I was like, going? enjoy our conversation with five-time world champ Casey Field. Stick around after that for last call with Steve and his good buddy and of our announcer Andy Seiler. And up next, Bryland's Bull. <laughs> this is Bryland. 
Sounds Bowl, the Rodeo News of the Week. Butler and Sons Rodeo's bareback horse Wonderland, who competed at the National Final Rodeos 10 times, has passed away. Wonderland competed at every NFR from 2008 to 2017. She was the daughter of Butler and Sons Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame horse, Commotion. Betty Gail Cooper Ratliff Fast Time Award. This award is determined by the cowgirl that ropes the fastest time in the first round. If there is a tie, the award will go to the roper that qualified with the most money. The winner will be awarded a beautiful, custom, one-of-a-kind Montana Silversmith buckle. Dolly Parton says she plans to reunite with her 9 to 5 co-stars Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin when Parton makes a guest appearance on the Netflix series Grace and Frankie, which features both Fonda and Tomlin. Rookie bull rider J.R. Stratford wins Rapid City with a record-setting 93.5 point ride. In Las Vegas, December can only mean one thing. The Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. The NFR is the culmination for the top contestants in the world seeking to share the $10 million purse and the coveted gold buckle. For fans, Las Vegas transforms into the greatest Western party in the world with the NFR experience, which features Cowboy Christmas, the Junior World Finals, nonstop entertainment, custom viewing parties, and so much more. Follow all the action at nfrexperience.com. Great moments, great champions, great memories. There's only one NFR, there is only one Vegas. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. I'm the owner and chief executive officer of the D Las Vegas. This is NFR Extra. Casey Field has been called the king of bareback riding and is the son of five-time world champ and Pro Rodeo Hall of Famer, Lewis Field. Many stars were shining at the 2020 Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in Arlington, Texas, and none shined brighter in the Lone Star State than Casey. The Utah Cowboy earned his fifth world title, becoming one of only three Cowboys to win five world titles in Pro Rodeo history, joining Hall of Famers Joe Alexander and Bruce Ford. Casey Field, welcome back to NFR Extra, sir. Man, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the chat. Brian, I think this is, he's been on here more times than, yeah, three times. I think there's, I don't think we've had anybody else. Maybe Bo Gardner would be the only other person, but I mean, he doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> I mean. He is forgotten about pretty fast. Round 10, the re-ride. And, and knowing where things happened back in 2015, was it starting to feel like Groundhog Day for you? You know, it, it really didn't. Honestly, uh, 2015, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It was it, That was a weird year for me. My dad got sick. At the, and then get to the NFR, wasn't drawing that great. And Steven was drawing really good and riding really good. The feeling from standing on the back of the shoots from 15 to, to 2020 was a whole different ball game. It's uh, it, the NFR got a little frustrating midweek, but comes the tenth round, it, I honestly I knew it came down to the to the last ride, but I never felt that pressure, and I was really confident. Even I, I the whole way through, I never questioned myself. I I kind of had a. I don't know. I, I was headed down. We were going down through Albuquerque on the way down to the NFR. And I was like, honey, I'm going to, Steph, I'm going to win the, the NFR this year. I just have a feeling. And she's like, oh, I do too. It's, I've got a really good feeling. I was like, I'm not joking. It's 
whatever happens, happens, but I'm going to be the world champion. And I, from when I said that, that whole week, it was, I was really confident in what was going to happen. The one thing that kind of was bouncing back and forth, and I don't know if it was commentators or even on social media, because I saw this a little bit everywhere. It seemed like the scores that were coming out were a little bit indifferent to what people were seeing physically from your rides, Timmy O'Connell's rides. Did you, was that something that was playing out or am I just overshooting the bow here? Man, you know, no, that's a, I've, before this year, I would have said, man, that's a stupid question or a stupid thought, whatever. But at the same time, you know, my dad taught me at a very young age, I can't worry about what place I'm going to be or the draw or anything like that. The only thing that you can take care of at the rodeo is nodding your head and, and riding the best you possibly can. And then everything else is kind of up in the air. And honestly, I kind of felt like it, I would get done with the ride and it was like, man, I might be 90. I might be 68. I don't know. Like it's totally up in the air, but yeah, like I said, I kind of got frustrated midweek, um, seventh, eighth round. And I've never had so many text messages in my life questioning the judging, um, if I had pissed somebody off or something like that. And I was, you know, heck no, I have a, they're still all my buddies. I'm friends with the judges. I, I'd hate to have their job, but you know, it, it was, it was a little weird this year. I'm not going to lie. Some of the scores and no re-rides when I thought I should have had them was kind of concerning, but you know, at the same time, the more that you dwell on that and think, Oh, I'm getting screwed or, man, these guys are favoring Tim more than me. That Those are those are negative, not winning thoughts at all. Those are a waste of good energy. And so I, uh, I just stayed focused and knew that I was going to draw better the next day and I was going to have one more horse of experience underneath my belt before the next night. And that's just the way that I took it all the way through. On the mental aspect of this case, just as far as being positive, and when you're driving down there saying that you're going to win the NFR, how do you stay focused? What's your pregame? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's routine. I, before I go down to the NFR, I have all of October and November to prepare for uh, of what's ahead of me. And at that time, it is the biggest thing in my life. And so I go through, I leave my house at 4 o'clock and go out to the shop. I write down my... I warm up exactly how I'm going to do it at the NFR and go through that. And I go through my warm up, my stretching. I mentally go back to the locker room and I mentally walk out to the buck and shoots. I, I, I really put myself there to when I get to the NFR, it, it seems effortless. And, and that's honestly, I credit a lot of that to going overseas and, and, seeing war firsthand and, and seeing what our military goes through to pat to, you know, they're going to battle and they could lose their lives or watch their friend die. And, you know, all I got to do is prepare to go and do something I really love to do. And so the more that I can dream it and the more I can do it at home, when I get to Vegas, all I have to do is, is try as hard as I possibly can. And the rest takes care of itself. Not that you're getting shot at, but there's definitely an aspect of danger involved in bareback riding too. But you've got the mental aspect of the years that the field family, you know, I mean, watching your dad rodeo, uh, your world championships there at the Thomas and Mac, and you kind of get in that 
mental aspect of, well, I know exactly what's going on. I know what hotels I'm staying at. I know where I'm going. I know kind of the routine. Was it at all like a, a monkey wrench in your plans with regards to now you're in Texas in a first time ever rodeo in Globe Live Stadium? Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, um, I hate to say it just because what I do for a living, I travel to different arenas and, and you know, I'm in, in a different town almost every night. But I mean, just like a professional team, when they're at home, they play better. When I heard the news that it wasn't going to be in Vegas, I was I was kind of, I don't know, confused, a little bit lost just because the success that I've had in Vegas and that comfort of going there since I was a baby and watching my dad compete and knowing the gate guys and, you know, knowing the routine, like I said, most memory and preparation and putting yourself there. I've, I kind of had to completely retrain my muscle memory and, and my thoughts. And, um, it took a, it was an adjustment for two weeks trying to figure out, you know, how I'm going to go about it, what's going to be different. And then it, it boiled back down to coming back to the basics and all you can control is your riding and that's what you're there for. And so I stopped dreaming of the yellow bucking shoots and just started dreaming of bucking horses in the middle of a, a field. I imagine myself sitting on my butt, leaned up against the bucking shoots, watching bucking horses and not imagining the Thomas and Mac. And so, it, you know, it was a learning curve. I've looked at a lot. I actually pulled up the Globe Life Arena and tried to find as many pictures as I could of the hallways and the ramp leading up into the arena. That's kind of what I... I wanted to dream of is, you know, walking out into the arena and going head to head with a horse is kind of my motivation. And it was fun to train for, I, you know, different aside and disappointed that it wasn't in Vegas, but it was, it was sure fun preparing for it. The mental aspect that you have on this, what do you do if you find yourself skewing away from that training that you've had? You know what I mean? Like if, if all of a sudden it's like, oh, I didn't envision this, what, what's your base of going back to? strong mark out like stay focused take a couple deep breaths before you nod and strong mark out you know that everything else up to that point you know really doesn't matter and after that is all that matters is try i've done it long enough if i can try my hardest usually i can ride pretty good that's super badass man <laughs> man case you've been in the game I mean, you're a young dude still, but I mean, you've been in the game a good long time and knowing how your mental game is, do you think that the younger Casey would have fared better or worse at this situation here in Arlington, going back to what Steve was talking about, how you grew up in this, you know, the Thomas Max Hunter, basically? I think my veteran skills help me. I really do. I, I watching, uh, you know, uh, Cole Reiner and Leighton buried their first time to the NFR. It wasn't that Vegas, you know, what they've been dreaming of since they were kids and the atmosphere of the city lights and stuff like that. But um, I think the young Casey would have got down there and would have been expecting more, wanting more instead of just taking the situation for what it was and, and making the best of it and just going to the rodeo and ride. You know what? Let's hit the pause button. Go to break. Mm -hmm. 
Every December, the eyes of the rodeo world are on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, the world's richest and most prestigious rodeo. And now you can follow the NFR all year long at nfrexperience.com. You'll find information on Cowboy Christmas and the Junior World Finals, unique blogs and content, access to NFR Extra, and much more. With the Stay in the Loop Club, you'll also have a chance to win a trip for two to Las Vegas 2021 for the world's greatest rodeo. Don't get left in the dust. Stay in the loop, stay in the know, and win at nfrexperience.com. Hi, this is George Taylor, CEO of the PRCA, and you're listening to NFR Extra. We are talking to five-time world champ Casey Field on NFR Extra. This year, you went home to something a little more special. Could you highlight that? <laughs> that was the, the parade at home. Is that yes. what you're talking about? Yes. So um, when I won the world the last time in 2014, the mayor of Payson City, Bill Wright, is a big rodeo fan, and he was a big fan of my dad's. And he brought the fire engine out to the house and brought me back in town and gave me a ride with the sirens on and stuff. And it was really neat. Um, I wasn't expecting anything like that this year with COVID and just kind of how everything's going. And um, I don't, I'm not a big bather at all. I don't like to take baths. I just shower. And the whole 10 days, I didn't use any ice and sitting on my butt driving home from Texas to Utah. I got pretty dang stiff. And I was getting, I told, I was telling my wife, I said, huh, I got, I think I'm going to have to take an Epsom salt bath. I'm pretty sore. And she's like, Oh, are you serious? You're going to bathe? Kind of like gave me that look like I'm some kind of fairy boy. <laughs> and I was like, well, hon, I just rode 11 bucking horses. I'm kind of sore. And she just kind of gave me that look and walked off. And about the time I got the water started, I heard some sirens and Casey Field come outside. (laughs) Shit, I don't know if I should hop up and run out the back door naked trying to get away or what's going on. It was was really awesome. So I go outside and uh, the Utah County SWAT, uh, Utah County Sheriff, and the surrounding city, PD and fire, uh, were all up, out in front of my house on, on my lawn and in the driveway with their lights on. And then my community, who I'm very proud of, they uh, they all drove by and honked and waved. And uh, it was a very humbling experience through injuries and through success, my my community, South Utah County, um, you know, they've cooked me dinner when I'm hurt. Uh, they've gave me parades when I win and go to the junior rodeos and getting respect and, you know, acknowledge for my accomplishments at the city council meetings and little things like that have been so special this time around. And, and honestly, it's been like a, a second chance at life you know taking a break from winning it in 14 to now it's been kind of a way to to uh, appreciate what I have done even more and and respect the people that uh, are in this with me more and it's it's like a second chance at life saying thank you to all these people again and it's been a humbling experience but it's made it so much better to feel that support and love like I never have before, uh, winning this fifth world title is it's made it extremely humbling and ex- extremely special for me. 
Well, it sounds like you got a little bit of a Vegas light sneak peek in your hometown. We talk about your junior <laughs> rodeos, but Cowboys in general, you know, we talk about the Cowboy way, general manners that Cowboys have. I'm kind of curious on your outlook on why do you think it is that we have the Cowboy way? What is it to the, what does that touch? Um, I think it comes down to, uh, you know, respecting our peers and, and, you know, I want to be a, known as a great guy like my dad was. He, you know, I don't know if there's a whole lot of people that come up and say, holy crap, you know, your dad was an amazing bareback rider. I loved him. It's, it's always, holy crap, your guy, your dad was an amazing person. He, he made me feel so much better, you know, so I want to have that impact on people when I'm done with this sport because it lasts longer than this, than my actual career. And so, uh, you know, I think part of it is young guys really respect our, our elders and uh, the champions that have come and gone. And, and also, I think that our culture, the Western culture, which is probably the most patriotic uh, culture there is, and, and you know, a backbone, uh, I don't know, as a person, and they know right from wrong, and they know it in their heart and just because there's a lot of wrong going on right now doesn't mean it's okay and I think cowboys are just you know I don't know if it's hard-headed or what it is but they they respect who they are and and what life is really about and I think the mannerism is kind of um all in that sorry to <laughs> ramble on but I think that's kind of why that is instilled into the Cowboys in the Cowboy way. Absolutely. I think you hit it nail on the head. You've brought up your, your, your love for uh, the military, your, the, the, the patriotism that comes out of you and your give back to that. And I've read several different components of you and how you, you know, want to help out folks suffering from PTSD. What, where is this connection and this passion that drives you for the support of the U S military? Honestly, um, I grew up, my dad always said thank you to the military, you know, wherever we were, wherever we were, no matter what, he would go out of his way and say thank you. And he would always just sit, you know, look at me and just like, hey, military, they, they give it all so we can rodeo or, or we can have animals. These are the guys that allow that to happen. And growing up with it, I, I you know, was taught at a young age, but honestly, I didn't have the respect that I do now until I went overseas with the Wrangler National Patriot Program and American 300 um, in 2000. I think the first year was in 2010. We went all over Iraq, Afghanistan, Qatar, Oman. We went to these little tiny bases just to say thank you. And, And when those guys would see cowboy boots and a cowboy hat you would instantly see their face light up with life i remember on memorial day um we were at bodrum airfield and a c-130 big old cargo plane landed and it was full of caskets and they these the caskets were 18 year old marines i mean they were kids and they were sacrificing their life for our country and you know going over there and seeing that and then imagining my traveling partner or my brother or even myself giving their life for a country 
um, that's where it all really hit home and started for me was that exact moment. And uh, I've stayed, I've stayed involved with the military. Um, I've taken wounded warriors out on hunting trips and uh, found some CWMU, some private land here in the state of Utah and, and got the tags donated. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun to go and see these guys uh, harvest a, a, a trophy animal and, and know that they're going to have a year's worth of meat to go home and put in their freezer. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a special feeling knowing that you can help someone just by showing them the way of your life and to do that and give back just, just that much, which, you know, giving back a little bit goes a long ways, but the more you give back, it, it impacts people's lives not just for a day or a month, it changes their lives and who they are. I feel like that, you know, I was put on this earth for a reason and I've accomplished what I have for a reason to impact people's lives. And maybe it just be military people that I impact, but it's, it's a rewarding thing when you can see somebody's face light up with joy and happiness in a dark, dark area. And so, you know, I want to continue giving back, uh, uh, it's my dream to have an end of road ranch where I can have a few guys come out some wounded warriors and military guys and, and give them a colt, a wingling colt, and they can train this colt. And then once a year we have a, a horse sale and they can sell their colt and keep the money or they can keep the colt and they can come to the ranch and ride it whenever they want. And that's kind of, I don't know, a lifetime goal of mine that I would like to accomplish. And, and rodeo has is, is helped me get closer to accomplishing that. But I've started a business called Power Pro. And, you know, that's kind of my goal with that business is to be able to finance a ranch and some some possibilities for PTSD uh, people and come out and give them a little taste of the cowboy way. I met a guy a couple of years ago in an airport and his name's Clint Trial. And he was a like one of the baddest ass first force recon bubba's that uh he was a double amputee and it's like you look at these guys you know when you say like oh thanks for your service thanks for this it's like hey thanks for getting your legs blown off you know thanks for losing your son thanks for dying thanks for you know i mean it it really doesn't the thank you is kind of a you know it's like thank you for the life that i have you know i mean that that you gave up that you'll never have and guys that i served with you know it's like they're you know just mentally you know they just it's like wrecked marriages wrecked relationships never had families and they you know i mean i count myself blessed among those guys for sure but it's like if it wasn't for them it, it definitely is is a, a sobering experience. So that stuff that you do, man, I know that it means the world to them. And I mean, greatly appreciate it. So, so thank you for helping those guys out. And I mean, anything myself or, I mean, we can do that's all in. So, well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And I'm working on it and I'll get it done before too long. If you think about what you're doing there, there's stories to be told along your way. And if you think about the way cameras and microphones work, I'd be willing to bet Jeff Matters would want to listen to you and what you're doing there um, with, with folks like that, that if there's something good to be done and an awareness that needs to be brought to it to get that exposure, right? The awareness side and Cowboy Channel has a need for content, dude, you, Mm -hmm. you could deliver a lot of that through what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that. And I, and I've, I've been talking to him a little bit. I'm, I'm working on a project right now or about a year and a half into it we're going to be done this June and then I'm going to start focusing on, you know, a YouTube channel and getting with the Cowboy channel more. 
but uh, we're making a documentary right now. Of, uh, it's going to be called Overcome, and we're going to take it to the Sundance Film Festival and, and try to take it all over and, and try to get it out there. And it is, it's, it's, it's about my life, but at the same time, the message is going to be family, you know, ranching, cowboy, kind of what's important in life rather than what's materialistic. And, and it's, I'm really excited for that to be dropping here in June. So, you know, I will, it's going to be that after that's done and I launch that, drop that, however you want to say it, it's going to bring a whole lot of awareness just to my page. And that's when I'm going to really kind of start focusing on building something for the military. So Dave Corlew, who you already know from, from Charlie Daniel world, I would definitely reach out to him too, man. He's right on par with what you're doing. In fact, you guys might as well be two peas in the pod, to be honest with you. Super into that. And he was wanting to, at the finals, we were talking of wanting to do something. So yeah, Case, he'd be a really good contact, you know, to maybe collaborate with um, for something along those lines. But he's he's definitely, and going in um, conjunction with Charlie Daniels and wanting to kind of put something together on that. So there's, there's a lot of interest on, on something like that. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> hey man, we're here to help. Let's take a quick break. Hello, rodeo fans. I hope this finds all of you well. It's Brad Garrett, the comedian from the basement at the MGM Grand. Remember me? Of course you don't. Listen, I know this has been a difficult year for all of us, but just rest assured that everybody here at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas cannot wait to welcome you back, all of our NFR pals, in 2021. So, uh, can't wait to look out into that audience and uh, and see all those cowboy hats. I'll be hiding behind the rock waiting for the locomotive. So stay well and see you soon. This is Shane Miner and you're joining me on NFR Extra. We are kicking it with Casey Field. On NFR Extra, Power Pro CBD. Where did this all come about? Yep. Where are you taking it? What's going on with you with that, Casey? All right. So this came about kind of two ways. So my little boy, Huxon, who has got chronic asthma, um, he had several issues. He's been life lighted a few times. And in, in Las Vegas in uh, 2018, uh, he had an episode. I was leaving to go to the rodeo and my wife was leaving to go to the emergency room and I had had it. I was like, all right, you know, the, the puffers, the steroids they're putting this kid on that's changing his life, changing who he is. Um, we got to try a different way. So after the rodeo, I went over to a pot shop and a dispensary and got some CBD. Um, and what I've researched and I've done a ton of research prior to going and getting it for my boy Huxon and you needed a 0.3% THC to cross the brain blood barrier. And that night was the first night that I actually seen Hux relax and sleep all the way through the night with any medication that we have given him. And so there's a family. So come home after experiencing that with him and we keep him on it and he's doing really, really well. Um, I come home after the NFR that year and a, a family friend of mine that I've tried to do business with, whether it be a sponsorship or come up with a product, I went and met with them and I, I said, Hey, I, 
this is the opportunity for us to work together. You know, it's not a sponsorship. I want to build a business, a CBD company. And they kind of chuckled and said, okay, well, we'll, we'll get our other partner in here uh, with a friend of ours and we'll, we'll sit down and see what we can come up with. And so they called me back in the next day and they have actually been in works of building a CBD product for two years and working on uh, the state with getting the product registered. Um, so we came to an agreement right there. We started formulating and t- tasting and doing all sorts of things, what you do with a new product. Um, and then we didn't have it. We had the contract uh, finalized, but we didn't know what we were going to call it. And I left, went to Texas and got kicked in the head. Um, I had a brain bleed, cracked skull, fractured my eye socket, my upper and lower jaw, my cheekbone and was in ICU for four days. And Shad and my wife got there after two days. And like, I hadn't stopped spinning. Uh, I could hardly make out uh, the outline of a human standing in a doorway. I couldn't, like, I couldn't see my head was throbbing. I didn't stop puking for 28 hours, just gagging. And I took this, my CBD that we've been formulating went right to sleep for eight hours and woke up and walked down the hallway and went to the bathroom on my, on my own with the nurses yelling at me not to do that. And then, uh, drove home the next day and, and the doctor's like, I don't know this medication. We changed the medication that we had you on. Uh, it seemed to help with the inflammation on your brain and we're going to be able to let you out way earlier. They're expecting me to be in there for two weeks. Me and my brother drove home from Texas um, I stayed on CBD, no other pain pills through that process of healing and was back to riding on that happened on March 30th. And I came back on July 4th in Mandan, North Dakota and, and won the rodeo and then won the, the next rodeo I went to and then had a really strong army anchor, one that hit you in the back of the head in, in Livingston, um, Montana and then went down to Prescott and had another army anchor and won the rodeo and never once got a headache or crossed my eyes or my ears didn't start ringing one time. Um, I credit a lot of my healing to my CBD product. So I, I through that, all that process of starting the company, um, how you'd normally start a, a company, go out and start selling it and marketing it as, as hard as you can. I had to, tested out myself and <laughs> before I could actually even sell it. So my testimony of my product was ever built before I even started selling it. And so that's kind of how power pro CBD came about. And we've got five different products now and we're fixing to launch our pet products. We have a, a horse product in a paste and an oil. We have an oil, bacon oil for dogs. And then we'll have a line of six different dog treats with CBD here pretty quick. So it's, it's kind of, uh, it's been a huge blessing in my life because, you know, from 14 to, I don't know, until 18, I was kind of scratching my head and, and really thinking about what was after rodeo rather than actually rodeo. And then I was having to go to the rodeos. I had to go to work. It wasn't that I ha- I got to do it, that, you know, I get to go ride bucking horses. It turned into a job. So power pro coming along and, and, being able to start a business and not have to worry about what's after rodeo and you know how am I going to continue to make some money to save to buy a ranch for the military I, I don't have to 
I don't have those thoughts anymore. I'm back to enjoying rodeo and having fun. Power Pro, it's it's been a, bl- a blessing in my life for sure. Glad that all worked out, man. That's uh, that's yep. some amazing stuff. One last break, and then we will return to finish our conversation with 2020 Wrangler NFR bareback champ Casey Field. NFR Extra follows cowboys, talks to legends and country stars, and finds the stories that make up the season that leads to the annual showdown in December. Follow me, Nevada Caldwell, Brylan Bentley, and Steve Goder as we delve deep into the stories in and behind the road to gold. Listen to NFR Extra on Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM, every Monday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, with our re-air Tuesday in the same time slot. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. Hi, this is Tuff Edelman, four-time world champion bull rider, and you're listening to NFR Extra. Casey Field is here on NFR Extra. What's number five feel like? Yeah. Man, it's honestly like number one, two, three, and four don't mean shit compared to this one. No kidding. Honestly, uh, well, like, you know, I – in 15 that was a that was humbling man i i thought i had that one all day long before i went there and then steven coming from 15th to beat me and then my dad not being there and being homesick and coming home and not you know like saying dad i did it you know i'm like you i got five you know that that's i i don't know if that's why number four and the rest weren't as cool but i was young and not that i took it for granted but you know riding bareback horses if i did my homework and worked at it getting to the rodeo and riding was easy and staying focused was not i mean i was there was only one thing on my mind those years and that was bareback riding and i dreamed it like non-stop and when my coming home after that 15 and not being the world champion and, and feeling like I disappointed my dad, which I didn't. But at the time, I felt like that. And then, you know, knowing the the life experiences that I've had with God and, and knowing my dad, is his presence is with me all the time. That uh, went in number five with my family there. And we were we were in quarantine, so I was with my wife and kids all day every day all 10 days and to experience every day and have my kids with me because i didn't have that with my dad when he was winning the world titles and stuff like that was mm. it was something pretty damn special and it, honestly like i said it's it's like a second chance at life again and being able to tell people thank you that has helped me along the way or you know tom the camera guy that's been on the left-handed bucket shoot since I was two years old in Vegas. He's on the back of the shoot. You know, come show them what they come to watch, Case. You know, like, I'm <laughs> nodding, and I can hear him saying that and not even worry about the bucking horse. And, like, to experience all of that, it's uh, it's been so special. Mm. It God, really has. Cool. That is unbelievable. Mm. So do you got well even like the gate guys? I've known the gate guys and they've worked the NFR since I was there first. And you know, I've developed some really cool friendships through all this all the way. And not that I forgot about them or anything like that, but it's just a 
to feel that support and understand, you know, how much you mean to, to your friends. It's, it's pretty damn cool. And how happy they are for you. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, Case, I mean, going overseas to active war zones, being a part of the most physically demanding and probably dangerous sport in the world, uh, you know, you've got, got a, a pretty incredible history with a lot of this stuff. I mean, the adrenaline side of it, snowmobiling, everything that you do, what's something that terrifies you? I was just talking about this with my brother um, who recently just survived a plane crash. And we were talking about fear and, you know, what, because he doesn't either. And I think it's kind of a genetic thing, but I don't fear, I don't fear anything really. I don't fear getting beat up. I had my ass whooped before. It's not that bad, but you know, I, I don't fear of dying in an avalanche. I, I don't fear jumping out of a plane. And I think, uh, part of that's genetics, but the, the thing that, uh, has, with life and experiences and what it brings is is the the most scared thing i am of is uh leaving my family without a dad Mm. that's that's what i'm scared of that's what that's what's checked me in life that's what uh has slowed me down on the snowmobile or skis or whatever it be that's kind of i kind of evaluate the mountain before I go and test it out to see if it will slide, I make sure it won't slide before I go up and tear it up. Yeah. That's crazy. The young kids, um, you know, we we interviewed some of your fellow bareback riders and, uh, you know, snakes was a big one. And then you get the guys that have got the wife and kids and it's, it goes right to the family. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, and rodeo, you know, that's part of the, rodeo culture is family is everything there's not you don't take anything after this life other than family friends memories and i think pretty much i don't know if everybody's been kicked in the head and seen (laughs) the other side or seen close to death like i have but uh, you know rodeo it's a rough sport and it's a humbling sport and it's full of the the rodeo world is so cool because i'm not the only one with unique stories or you know life-changing stories it, the whole you could go down the list of bareback riders and talk to every one of them they've got a unique story or everybody in rodeo really it's cool yeah there's there's a lifestyle y'all live that i don't think a lot of people are aware of i mean you're all aware of it the cowboy community is but the outsiders are looking in they only see cowboy hats and boots and buckles and they don't get it and um we try to do our best here to share these stories oh man i love your guys' podcast and and the questions you ask are, are all trying to get a message out and it's, it's an impactful message. It's, it's awesome. You know, I was telling staff, my wife this, if, if you only, if you went through your phone, if everybody did this, if you went through your phone and only followed rodeo people or Western cultural people, ranching people, and everybody did that, the United States would be in a whole different place right now. You know, it would, I think everybody, the message that, you know, Tyson Durfee, Tilden Hooper, um, you know, all these cowboys that push what, uh, what is good in this world on their social media, they use it as a, as a good tool. Shoot. This place would be an amazing, an amazing, not that it's not, I shouldn't say that, but it would be a little bit better, a little more cowboy. I would like to say, and that's the way I'd like to see it. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome. 
positive vibes, brother. Yeah, Case. Thanks for coming on, man. This was uh love talking to you on this podcast, man. Heck yeah, you bet. And uh you guys have a good one. All See right, you later. All right, Desperados, last call. I haven't been this excited for 21 since I myself was 20. <laughs> because all of this just... It, it is last call. The only problem is we're sober. <laughs> exactly. Let's do this. <laughs> all right, friends, this is Steve Godert joining me right now, my good buddy, Andy Seiler. What's shaking, my man? So if, if you had to pick out the toughest group in the sport of rodeo. Mm. Rodeo Queens moms. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm going to leave that one alone. That is yeah. crypto night. That's why that's toughest, right? Yeah. No, that's, that's pretty tough. That's pretty tough. Cause I, you, could, uh, you could, you could piss off some people. Yeah. And they can get mad and they're going, well, whatever. I'm going to tear out of here. Rodeo mom, rodeo Queens mom. They don't have anywhere to go except for making sure that this is settled i'll be honest with you that's a lot like poking a grizzly bear in the middle of hibernation that's that's a that's a good point i i never would have thought of that or coming out of it man that's that's even worse toughest uh, toughest for me i i would have to just say bareback riders just because i love that event when it's going right but man when it goes wrong it hurts me so much to watch somebody just get yanked down on their head with nothing but their right or left arm dangling from that rigging. That almost goes back to the rodeo queen mom. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. All right. All right. Last one. If there were a group that you like, you, you've got a weekend where you're just going to watch the rodeo, the kids and the wife are at home and you get to just go have a couple of beers with this group. Not, not like wild, like you're starting a dumpster fire, but like, a, a casual, you get to have a few beers with this group. Who are you going to have a beer with? See, that's a tough one because anytime that you just go out for one or two or you do the whole, I'm not going to mm -hmm. have a big night, it mm -hmm. always turns into that. Yeah. And I am going to group uh, two events together because personality-wise, they seem to be very similar and you can almost find them hanging out together. And that's saddle bronc riders and steer wrestlers. Okay. All right. And if, if the wind is in the right direction, there's no way there's only two beers consumed yeah. by anyone. Yeah. I, I've never just had one beer with Taos Muncie. That's impossible. Yeah. That's great news. That's two beers before the saddle bronc riding maybe, but um, yeah. Getting out of the truck. Yeah. Um, do you know what I'm saying though? It's like, no, if you I, put I get it. I, I get it. I do. I, I'm going to have to say that I would have a beer with, the clown and the bullfighters. And here's my reason why. Obviously, if it's a good clown, you're going to get some good jokes, you know, so you got some good banner there. But the bullfighters, I don't care if they're married or if they're single, There, there's always some good little people watching around the bullfighters because obviously the ladies flock to them. So as a married dude, getting to sit back and just kind of play wingman and watch some of those guys try to be smooth, but trip over themselves. You know, that, that to me as a married guy with two kids, that's fun watching, like just sit back and watch them light the fuse and sometimes self implode. <laughs> no regrets. Whew. I thought the rodeo queen thing was a little dangerous. We want to thank Casey Field for visiting us on NFR Extra. 
Want to experience more of NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a big five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas Where the big boys roam With the Rovers and the Racers And the Bulls and the Browns And the ladies in the skin-tight ringers And the cowboy hats And it don't 